This is Father Gregory Pine. This is Father Bonaventure Chapman. And welcome to God's Planning. Thanks to all those who support us. If you enjoyed the show, please consider making a monthly donation on Patreon. Be sure to like and subscribe to God's Planning wherever you listen to your podcasts. For this episode of Guest Planning, we are so pumped. Uh, we are so jazzed. In fact, we are so pumped and jazzed that we are recording this episode for the second time because the first attempt was so replete with mystery that we thought we'd do a, a second go so as to clarify. Uh, but we're joined by Ryan Bethay. Ryan, thanks for joining. Hey, thanks for having me again. It's great to be here again. <laughs> so, Ryan, you are the host slash co-host slash host. Uh, that's all just one thing. I just didn't know what it was uh, of a very well-known and evangelically oriented podcast called The Exorcist Files. Could you tell us about that? Yes. Now, and also, I though I am not in the same attire as you, I, I'm assuming when you, evangelical, I'm assuming you mean as far as it's, uh, you know, it, it reaches Christians. Because, yes, yeah. it's gospel oriented. It's actually, honestly, I'm really proud of how ecumenical it is. It's pretty cool. But uh, The Exorcist Files is a, I basically, if you know those old time radio drama shows that I grew up in, there's a simpler time when I grew up, we had these things called radios. You grew up in them? You were like in them while growing up? Yeah, I grew up in these radios, right? And I always loved like the the old sheet metal you'd wave for like thunder and like just cool, like, you know, sounds like that. And so anyway, it's a long story, which we can hope, you know, hopefully get into. But uh, in short, um, I have a show with Father Carlos Martins, uh, who is a priest and exorcist. And he has had the I don't know if I call it privilege, but probably privilege, but responsibility of handling some some of the most extreme uh, cases of exorcism, and uh, in part due to a, a massive increase in the number of cases of reported possessions, uh, Father Martin's had a lot of material to work with, and decided uh, we decided that we wanted to create a show that would alert people to the dangers of the occult, the reality of evil, and take a really sort of scholastic look at it too. And of course, since it can't just be all information and history we decided why not take some of these crazy stories and when i tell you crazy stories they are uh why not recreate those into 3d binaural sound so you could enjoy it's like you could be in the room because honestly that's the closest i ever want you to be in the room you should never want to be in the room or be in any role so that's uh, yeah so basically it's case files of an exorcist dramatized alongside teaching nice so ryan um two questions uh one of them uh, the Exorcist Files, harkening back to your childhood in the 90s, uh, which was way back when you had radios, uh, is this <laughs> David Duchovny X-Files kind of business, Dana Scully action? And, okay, that's the first more important question. The second one is, how, um, what, what, did you stumble in a coffee shop with an exorcist priest? And you're like, you look like you exercise demons. Um, <laughs> you know, do you, well, I think you exercise people, maybe? Okay, yeah. And you said, let's do a show? Or, like, did you, were you, was this like a... Uh, a MySpace chat thing or something back in the nineties again, uh, how did you get connected with, with an exorcist priest? And did you both decide on hearkening back to a great show from the early, from the nineties, nineties? Well, first off, I've actually never seen an episode of X-Files, although our promo code for almost all our sponsors is X-Files. And I always have to make people have, uh, have the sponsor make two codes because you know people don't know if we're saying x or x files so i'm sure there's some seo benefit we get from mr duchovny's work in the 90s but uh it is in the same sort of templates as as far as we want it to be a little mysterious a little paranormal 
um, it is a little scary. And honestly, like, yeah, I think, you know, if the scripture is correct that, you know, the beginning of wisdom is fear of the Lord, you know, a little, little fear of the other side too, of like, Hey, like, you know, this is a, this according to him is a, a reality. So, you know, what, you know, don't be ignorant of it. Um, as far as to what coffee shop I entered to secure an exorcist, uh, you give dark roast a new meaning. Um, and yes. so I, uh, Essentially, no, the story goes, I, one does not set out to do exorcism. Be leery of the person seeking to do exorcism, like enthusiastically. I, I, it is honestly on a serious note, it's been really interesting. I've met many people now interviewing for the show is because my job on the show is to actually play the skeptic and also sort of take a journalistic uh, approach to it to try and, you know, play devil's advocate, no pun intended. Um, and I have met many deliverance ministers in many traditions and... A lot of them were like, yo, this is not fun. Like, this is not something that you're like, in fact, it was interesting, you know, the scripture where they say they come back rejoicing, like, teacher, you know, the apostles get saying, oh, the demons submit to us. And they're like, and he has to like, kind of exhort them. I know that, but like, that's not the most important thing. The people I've talked to, they're like, oh man, like, it's awesome that people are like getting free, but it's not, I mean, there's bodily fluids and pain and like weird stuff. And it's it's like it's not glory it's not glamorous whatsoever you should not want to do this so you should not seek this out so i would say the exor you do not choose the exorcist the exorcisms choose you um and so uh yeah so a long story short i went out to i i was actually curious about miracles i came to a point in my faith where i just wasn't i read the scriptures and i had a tough time with the dissonance between what i read like james 5 like lay hands on the sick and people get well reading like if i read the book of acts and gospels and I just yeah. had no one else to explain, no commentary, whatever. What I just conclude that like God doesn't do any cool stuff anymore. Is that it? And I thought, man, like there's got to be more to this. Like sure. there's there's so much interest in the world, and I've heard so many cool stories. And so I discovered that the good old Catholic Church had this process for investigating miracles through the canonization mm -hmm. process. Mm -hmm. And I thought that would make an excellent show. Um, and you switch from I, saints to demons. That's right. I know. I did in, one of the great pivots of my life. Uh, because I, you know, I've worked in a lot of different industries. And if you'd asked me 10 years ago that you'll be working, you'll have a hit show in the deliverance space, uh, I would have probably, you know, accused you of being possessed. Um, and so I got to fly out to Rome and I got to meet with uh, some awesome high ranking officials at some various offices who were kind to humor me. Uh, and then one actually, said, you know what, like, the medical records and the other uh, miracle side, that's going to be really tough. There's privacy laws, these causes to become a saint. I'm, you know, it's, it takes well over a decade sometimes. Like apparently my cause is going to be held up for a long time. Mm. Uh, and so uh, oh, he said, Look, yeah, you know, mostly on your part. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and he said, in, in the meantime, um, you know, uh, there's a gentleman who said, look, why don't you meet Father Carlos Martins? He's a highly respected uh, exorcist. And we, uh, we, he does send a lot of the most difficult cases to him. And so I said, of course, I'd love to talk to him. And then he told, I met him, had to convince him to his credit. He did not want to do this. He was like, I don't know, you're Hollywood. I've heard a lot of things, you know, this is not something you mess with. This is not something you take lightly. And then I said, look, why don't we show the world what's going on? And he said, finally, I convinced him and, uh, we launched the show, uh, last year in January and the rest is history. Nice. 
It's like you're Hollywood. I think they made movies about Transformers in that city, so it portendeth ill for. We're sticking the '90s, by the way. All movie oh, references yeah. are st- and things are. My bad. 90s. I think they made Red Dawn in Hollywood back in the day, so 80s? perhaps that portendeth ill. Okay, so apropos of that consideration, and that's the most opaque way to begin a sentence in the history of the world. Um, so a lot of people are curious about paranormal things, but curiosity isn't necessarily good. Um, because sometimes we're overly concerned about less important things. Sometimes we're overly concerned about non-godly things. Sometimes we're over concerned about whatever else. Um, so how do you direct the curious gaze to the most high God without indulging him over much? Like, how do you manage that in the course of the actual show itself? Uh, yeah. So do you mean like to clarify, do you mean how do we sort of walk that line between, um, like satisfying the sort of morbid interest that humanity has in like the darkness while also using it to kind of edify and, and teach. Yeah. I'm also thinking of like the witch of Endor. She's like, yeah. you know, so I was like, gosh, I gotta, I gotta know. Mm, how am I going to figure it out? I could ask God, I could ask this dude over here. I could call up a dead person. You know, it's just like, sometimes our yeah. curiosity just gets out of control. And it seems like the paranormal space is a place in which a lot of people are, giving vent to out of control curiosity. So how do you uh, like, yeah, how do you direct that back to God? Or how do you help kind of rein in the negative aspect and maybe harness some of the positive aspect? Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, to be fair, to be honest, the one of the things I'm most proud of with the show is the fact that we wanted to make something that wasn't just preaching to the choir. It was something that someone with no exposure to Christian doctrine could tune into and listen and maybe even learn something different about it. And I could actually learn about one of the, my favorite notes to get is from uh, agnostics and atheists who say, Hey, look, I really uh, enjoyed like this church tr- tradition and history. I thought I find it fascinating. Um, on the other side, yes, yeah, so you do have a lot of people, especially we get a lot of emails and people asking about specific demons, uh, gods, like all sorts of things. And I go, well, I, uh, you know, we don't want to, we don't want to indulge that too much, but we do want people to be aware. Like, some of it takes care of itself. I'll give you an example. We have a case about a Ouija board. Now, a lot of people say, oh, that's, a, I mean, they sell these at Toys R Us. Uh, that's a 90s reference, right? Is that still around? I don't know. Um, uh, our Target, you know, there's also that Target as well. But um, the, the history of the Ouija board takes care of itself. Like, it's so bizarre, so morbid. The founder, like, falls off or one of the founders falls off a roof, like Final Destination, another 90s, I think, falls onto the ground. Uh, and like dies and the board, you know, instructs him to keep building more factories to spread the, board. I mean, it's, it's absolutely bonkers. Um, so I would say that some of the stories just take care of themselves because it is just, it's just pure interesting, but every episode, father Martins goes to painstaking lengths to identify that you do not glorify this. You do not seek it out. And we need to celebrate the fact that people are getting liberated. Even if you think this is crazy, which I don't blame anyone like this stuff, the stuff we cover in the show, if you listen to it, you will hear accounts of things that defy gravity, defy natural law. Um, I mean, it's just, it's insane. But um, you can, at the end of the day, you can say, look, even if you think it was all psychosomatic, the fact is people come in from the darkest situations and they leave free and liberated. And I think that's something that like we can all kind of get behind and celebrate. So it is ultimately very encouraging. And that's one of my favorite reviews. If you go look on our Apple reviews, people always say how surprised they are at how actually lighthearted it gets towards the end. Once you get past the the dark stuff, you know? Ryan, what was the most, I could say, like surprising uh, thing about your experience with the exorcists? I mean, not like head spinning or that kind of stuff or like crazy stories, but maybe like what would people not have any idea that exorcists do or that the process is involved in or 
just something that you thought, wow, yeah, that's, that's, I guess that makes sense, but I'd never thought about it that way. Oh yeah. Well, gosh, there's a couple answers to that, but first, what a great segue that I can plug something. So pardon this. This is not levitation, by the way. This is a, so uh, we have some of our new gear for our upcoming Kickstarter for season two, but you'll notice my shirt says same day deliverance, right? Which I thought was a fun Amazon pun, et cetera. But uh, one thing that I found really interesting was, is that in my evangelical tradition, right? If you even grant that like the demonic is a thing or whatever, it's, and if you read the gospels too, right? Jesus's exorcisms are pretty quick. Uh, they're not drawn out. One of the toughest things I had to reconcile was when you hear these stories or the way exorcism is portrayed in media, and then you read the gospels, you're going, okay, like, I know Jesus is like the goat, right? The all-time greatest, but still, he said, we'll do things like him, and miracles happen after that. So, you know, why are these things taking years? So that was probably one of the most mind-blowing things that I heard is that from many exorcists is that they have many cases that last months you know, weeks, months, and years. And you go, how is that even possible? And then the more I learned about it, the more I thought, oh, uh, God in these cases sometimes is like revealing things piece by piece. Like, I mean, he's, it's it's like a plan is unfolding before and the person is getting healthy in the right steps. Um, also, you look at in many of these extreme severe cases, uh, people may have done things that I'm just convinced, like they've committed some heinous crimes or whatever that have like, really potentially done a number on their mental health. And you wouldn't accept, ex expect someone to go into therapy and after one session be completely healed. And obviously, you know, the Holy Spirit is supposed to be at work in here. But nonetheless, like the healing does happen gradually in many cases. And I just thought that was uh, super interesting. Um, also, I knew this at some level, but it was encouraging to hear this repeated by so many extras. The agreement from all of them is really cool. I found that to be, uh, especially as a Protestant, like, the Catholic and Protestant sort of perspective on spiritual warfare, I'd say probably like an 85% overlap using different words uh, for some of the same concepts. But the main three doorways that sort of everyone agreed on was sexual sin, um, you know, de deliberate dealing with the occult, a la Witch of Endor, but then like unforgiveness. And they're such big fans mm. of therapy, like deal with, if you've got emotional wounds and unforgiveness, like that's a thing that, you know, it's like a, a card that uh, the enemy can hold on to and then one day just play if you're harboring it and it's insidious because you don't even know it's in there. So I, it was encouraging to me like, oh, like God wants me to walk in forgiveness, not just because like that's the right thing to do, but it's for my own spiritual health too, because that in could open up doorways to attack in some of these areas. So I found that to be, I mean, there's a lot of things like that, but I found that to be really interesting. And now I will return to the ground. Nice. Um, so in that in that last answer that you supplied, you made reference to your evangelical background, and then you identified yourself as a Protestant. So here we are about halfway into the episode, and our listenership is reeling um, because they were like, this guy's talking about exorcism. Wait a second. This guy's Protestant. Wild times. Um, so do you feel like you're the privileged inhabitant of the ecumenical twilight zone or what's it been like? <laughs> what's it been like for you? you know, having extended conversations with the Catholic priests apropos of exorcism, obviously exorcism and exorcistic prayer deliverance ministry takes place in both Catholic and Protestant spaces, but that's got to be a bit weird. I mean, have you delighted in the weirdness? Oh man. Uh, yes. I, I have delighted in the, in the weirdness. Uh, well, also, isn't your audience reeling just in general, uh, you know, from listening <laughs> to you, I, I would say, I don't want you to place that solely on my, that responsibility. Yeah. Epilepsy. Good point. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Um, 
Yeah. So it's interesting. I won. I, one of the hearts that I've developed uh, for this show and something that I really appreciate is that obviously there are huge disagreements. There's huge points of uh, theology. It's fun too. I'm like talking like serious stuff there and I see father pine just can't stop smiling. So I'm like, <laughs> all right, am I making funny? Is there stuff? Are they chatting right now? Are they going no. this broad? You know? <laughs> no, we were just reveling at your multiple hearts. Um, Cause we've always yeah. had wanted to have multiple hearts just as we've always wanted to have multiple stomachs, like certain members of the animal kingdom. But you're the man. What do they call going. those? Uh, um, root uh, starts with uh, what? All, what do they call them? Um, I was about to say rhubarb, but that's not accurate. It's a room, and it's not rheumatoid. That's arthritis. So root something root. Yeah, something yeah. like that. It's only root cows that. But uh, no, honestly, I uh, yeah, I did not set out to do this. Like I said, I did not chase exorcism. But uh, in the process of listening to Father's teachings and just studying, uh, one, it started me on my own journey because I. I think everyone needs to wrestle with the question of one, is there a God or not? Like, that's just something we all need to ask ourselves. And uh, the other part is, all right, if, if there is a God, if I do believe in the Christian narrative, I think every Christian should, should ask themselves, all right, is there a fullness of that expression? Because I would want to know, like, that's the, you'd want to know. This is not a, you know, they're right or I'm wrong. It's more like, Hey, are you, if there's a full like banquet, you know, if you're at like Fogo de Chao for Brazilian barbecue steakhouse, right? One of my favorite things to do, uh, nice. you know, do you do you want to stop at the salad bar, which is epic? There's a great salad bar. Right. But if there was more. Right. If you had full access to all the cuts of meat. Right. Maybe that's the sacraments, you know, uh, but like, is that is that something that you you, you definitely would want to know? So it's actually uh, inspired a lot of sort of intellectual just study for me and, and asking questions. And in the process, though. I think because I see things as very gray, like I used to be, I kind of thought, oh, I just, I think Catholicism just like bonkers and a lot of this stuff, right? And there's still some things, honestly, that I, I have a tough time intellectually wrapping my head around, right? But that's, I have a tough time wrapping my head around the final season of Game of Thrones or any of the new Star Wars, um, you know, for different reasons. But in general, I, um, you know, there's been, th I've changed my mind on quite a few things. I've studied church history. It's, it's been really cool. And in the process, it's been fun to show others, hey, even if you disagree, this is kind of gray. Like, I'll give you a great example. Like one is studying like Eucharistic miracles, right? Some of them are, I mean, you talk about some really interesting stuff, right? At the very, you don't have to walk away believing in transubstantiation or not, but you could walk away from that and go, wow, there is a difference between what I'm experiencing with my communion ritual versus what the early church did. And wow, maybe there's a higher reverence there. Maybe I don't understand the Marian doctrine and theology, right? But wow, maybe there's a reverence and a veneration there that is not appreciated enough. Or like a smaller thing, like relics, right? Sounds crazy. Yes. Was there abuses of it? You know, has that been exploited? Of course, like humans mess up all things. But it's hard to get around like Second Kings throwing a body in a pit with Elisha's bones and it comes back to life. Or Paul's handkerchief explicitly being passed around and healing people. So you go, all right. I'm not saying, you know, should you buy them, sell them, you know, on eBay? Probably not. But like, is it, a, can God heal through these objects, right? Can, and is there something, it's, we need to keep an open mind about that. And so now I love one of the aforementioned hearts is that bringing Catholics and Protestants together to learn more uh, about each other's tradition and to unite the body of Christ in, you know, with one savior and one common enemy, you know, Jesus 2024. Man, I had not I had not thought about the handkerchief passage uh, in so long, but that's a good. I mean, that's that's like the you know if you want a quick proof text to second class relics, that's one of them. It's like the purgatory one. 
um, as well in the in Maccabees, or and then there's also the one in First Corinthians three, whatever. But um, what I want to ask you about particularly is saints. Have saints at all like come onto your radar screen with exorcisms or Catholic stuff and otherwise? Do they play any role in this business, or is that are saints not a real big like? Are they intercessors in these sort of things, or in your in your talks with stuff, or is that so not is, a big deal? Is the question have the saints gone marching in? Um, to our, to our, uh, <laughs> um, yes, actually, so that was something I was really interested is that in father's, uh, stories, um, there are several stories where, I mean, he often, because father also has the privilege of being a steward of a bunch of relics. Um, yeah, that was something really interesting. And, you know, you hear it from him and you go, okay, that's cool. You use those relics as that auto suggestion for the victim, whatever. But then you hear from colleagues of his who are like, oh, I called Father Carlos because I was battling a demon that claimed its nemesis was Thomas Beckett, right? And he's like, oh, I happen to have an alb of Thomas Beckett here. And I'm like, first off, like, what are the odds? You just happen to have it on you. I've always wondered, like, how does that work with TSA? Fun story. He left, um, I, I'm going to butcher, is it called a chalice where you make your holy water? Um, the, uh, mm. the, it's a golden sort of vase that the holy water is made in uh, and or it's used to um i'm sorry not make and then to dispense the holy water he had to take I that through TSA. maybe that's what it is and the tsa agent was like sir what is this for and he's like i really don't have time to explain what this is for <laughs> um but i was like you travel with relics too like how does how does that work um but in some of these cases um the you know that he wanted he asked the, he asks the demon three questions right what is your name right? For what purpose did God make you? And who is your nemesis in heaven? First two kind of make sense to me if they're fallen angels, et cetera. I was like, your nemesis. I'm like, and I'm not, I don't need, I'm not old enough to have a nemesis yet, but uh, apparently these demons will name these nemesis, these saints, right? And then if you bring a, a relic in, uh, according to him, that is like associated with that, it can be particularly effective against that demon. So many times, uh, yeah, he'll call on intercession, uh, those saints to join in there. I mean, in addition to the litany of the saints. So I found that really interesting. Uh, and there's some, I mean, listen to episode five in our uh, series, actually that Thomas Beckett story is a real one. And the priest who did that uh, actually comes on the show to talk through how accurate we got it in our recreates. Uh, the demon's name was murder claimed it killed Thomas Beckett. And uh, yeah. And father happened to have a alb of uh, his, of his robe and uh, or his outfit and sent it, uh, to Monsignor Branken, who then used it on the victim, and apparently all hell broke loose when that happened. So, argument for saints, you know, if you if I was playing, you know, Catholic advocate. So, question for you. I suppose that's implicit in the fact that I'm speaking right now, and one typically asks questions in an interview, but I will state it explicitly. Question for you. Uh, I suspect that <clears throat> a lot of people, when they think about demons, or when they think about the evil one and his minions. They're worried that attacks are probably going on like various things in their lives that are not proceeding according to plan can be attributed to demons, you know, can be attributed to the evil one and his minions. And then there's a kind of like fear that we're missing out on our real life or that we're missing out on the fullness of our Christian lives by virtue of the fact that we're being held back by mischief or oppression or whatever else. Um, in your experience, you know, in your conversations with Father Martins or Father Carlos, um, is there, yeah, like things that you've picked up along the way, which help us to live, you know, our real lives in the present without fear and with a kind of sense of abandon to God and his providence? Yeah. Live free, pray hard. Right. Um, but, uh, I would say that, so one, the big, the big take home message, and I really appreciate this about father. And we try to stress this in the show is that 
Uh, you do not need to be afraid of these things. He uses the analogy of like, there's a, you have a, you have knives in your kitchen. Yes. Can those knives be sharp? Can they injure you? Yes. But you don't normally sit at home in the other room going, Oh my God, there's like, there's knives in my kitchen. Right. So we're trying to walk that line of the CS of the CS Lewis perspective uh, of, uh, you know, do not, um, you know, the two great errors is to give them too much attention or too little. And Mm. so, you know, one, it's an encouragement that if you, and again, if you believe in the Christian narrative, and one thing that I really try to lean into is sort of not using absolute language, because you study this, I mean, there, if if God is real, there's going to be exceptions, and it's going to break our box. And I take a lot of comfort in the scripture that when Luke says that he couldn't write everything down. So if you hear something about God doing something or allegedly God doing something, and it breaks your box, like one, let that's, you know, give, give someone the benefit of the doubt. Like we don't have a mind map of every way that God does stuff. And so that's something I, you know, so uh, that's an encouragement. You don't ever know how he can work the situation out. But if you believe in the, if you believe in the Christian narrative, right, then the, the war is won, the battle, like the, the war is won, like basically we're, we're going, everything's going to be okay. There's these small skirmishes that are still outbreaking, right? And if you follow the rules that he laid down, which again, we could argue from a secular standpoint, if we all followed the 10 commandments, the world would probably improve substantially. But beyond that, it seems like if there is a God, right, he has given you this recipe, which is not just to limit the amount of enjoyment you can have on this planet. It's actually for whatever reason in the dynamic he's laid out supposed to be a way to help guard you against that. And then the weird thing to think about is that father said in the most recent interview that demons can't help but be unwittingly used by God. And you look at just Job's story and you, cause I've always wrestled that as a, as a person of faith, one huge argument against faith that I deeply empathize with is, is, am I not my own worst enemy? Like, do I really need an adversary with apparently a third of God's original workforce, like huge turnover. It's a terrible, like if a plant lost a third of its work staff to in rebellion, that's not great. Why are they allowed to like go around and cause havoc? But all these people that come, all of the victims in the show, they end up like closer to God healed. He calls exorcism a conversion process. So even if you encounter some of this, most people encounter this stuff. So even if you're worried about it, they encounter it and they walk away with a deeper sense of the supernatural and they get healed and they're actually more guarded, which is why um, I think when they say uh, to get back to uh, the usual suspects, if we're going to go, I think that might be late 90s. I think um, that the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was, you know, making us believe he doesn't exist. So I always laugh and feel like, where are the tapes? How come the demons don't show themselves? And I'm like, OK, if you grant they're real, why would they like they're they're If they show themselves, they're going to get taken out. So. I got all off your question, but generally just, we don't, we don't worry about it. He says, stay close to God and you don't need to be afraid because in Christ you have just total victory over these things and just follow, follow God's rules. It's pretty simple. Don't step outside that. Uh, and you should be okay. Yeah. And they don't show themselves because they're not, they're not visible. So like, duh. Okay. Um, so that's whatever. <laughs> second, second thing. And here's the question that evangelicals and Catholics, I think can agree on Protestants and Catholics can agree on. I hope not all Protestants, I suppose, but the Jesus is super important. So like, you can think of exorcism as, as you know, fighting off demons with special tools and the sacraments, blah, blah, but he can get out of the way. But where, where, where uh, what about Jesus in all of this? Has he come, you know, have you, have you, have you grown closer with him in this? Or do you get a sense that actually like this is, it's not just tools and tricks of the trade of exorcism, but actually it's really a ministry of Christ through priests and with, and with, with his, his sons and daughters. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> I think, you know, one, it's, 
One, we do get a lot of questions from people saying, hey, which prayer is the best? Which music should I listen to? <laughs> which, you know, how, which rose? I mean, and, and these are genuinely like come from a good place, right? But I, I think it's so interesting because like that's obviously, those are good things in of themselves, but they are not like that's, you know, sure. Is there a worthwhile debate about what type of, you know, is, is you know, NSYNC or Backstreet Boys more offensive to, you know, a demoniac, right? That's, you know, or O-Town, I don't know. But, uh, you know, the, the greater, like you said, the greater thing is, is Jesus. And so one, I, yes, I personally have just grown in, uh, encouraged because one, one take home message that I've found is that, you know, father often says that spiritual authority, uh, mirrors earthly authority. And most of us should go, okay, it kind of makes sense, right? If you, if you're a, a father and you have children, right, you have a certain amount of authority. There's some weird cases that we profile and one of them is a Protestant, uh, victim, where she was chronically ill for two decades. I mean, married, like no overt sin, living an amazing life, thriving church uh, in Portland and was chronically ill. And it wasn't until a family member of hers visited a fortune teller and the fortune teller sort of demonically prophesied said, you have a curse on your family put on from several generations back uh, by this woman uh, who was spurned by your great grandfather, great grandfather. And so they went home and like, that's crazy. Like there's no framework for that, right? They run the, they go through, they start just looking back at their lineage and they go, all these firstborn females have chronic illness or, or death. And she gets an exorcism and is completely healed. That testimony is on our show. It's incredible. And people wrote in so upset going, how can you, that's not fair. Like she didn't do anything wrong. How can we be held accountable for that? And so, uh, but once she expressed the authority and said, no, like that, that, that ends here. Um, and she was healed. So on one hand, I actually asked her, like, aren't you upset that it was that simple and you suffered for 20 years? And like the should be saint she is, she goes, oh, no, Ryan. She's like, I'm just so thanking God that I'm alive and happy and well and uh, just going to pour that ministry into others. And I'm like, OK, cool. I'm going to go work on me then. That's that's good. You know, that's <laughs> that's great. Uh, but you go, wow, like that authority of just, you know, being able to speak out loud because you do. We have we have authority over things I don't think we recognize. So I think Christians need to hear that you have a lot more authority over things. That doesn't mean you go running into obviously every battle, but um, there's, if you think something is demonically motivated, right, then pray because you are baptized in Christ, you have an authority uh, and to, to make those, those prayers. And I think um, I'll finish. There's a deliverance minister who said that uh, 90% of life's troubles, he thinks are just, you know, organic. We live in a broken world uh, and just bad things happen. Right. But, it's like, sometimes it is spiritual. And if it is, he goes, just rest or just, you know, pray against it. Say, if this is demonic, I rebuke this, right? In Jesus name, like I, and my house, my house serves the Lord, whatever it is, right? And he says, sometimes things clear up and he just goes, you never know. So we are given the ultimate toolkit. So to your, yes, to your question, like Jesus, all those things are great. But the main thing is, you know, if you walk with Jesus, then you're going to be good. Boom. That will be in season three's line of merchandise uh, for season three's kickstart. Obviously, the apostles um, might disagree with me. I think 11 of the 12 were martyred. So I probably need to, you know, nuance my <laughs> nuance my because they did walk with Jesus and you still know. good. Still good. They, they, <laughs> they didn't mind it. <laughs> but just I want to be clear. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how things are going to work. I don't know how things are going to work out necessarily. But um, yeah. I mean, do you ever think about Job too? Like if you didn't have the first part of the story, how would you know it was demonic assault on his life? I've been thinking about that. Like house mm -hmm. comes down, family dies, sick, you know, but if you, we have the like, you know, the episode one of that. But if you didn't know that God and Satan had that little wager going on, like, what would you assume? 
oh, it's just, we live in a broken world. So there's stuff that could be demonically motivated. And you have no idea. You know, he didn't know. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> so cover yourself in the Lord's precious blood and then uh, ask subsequent questions of those you can trust in these matters if it requires clarification. Um, but yeah, you might profit. That is to say, you listener might profit from uh, listening further uh, to Ryan and to Father Martins or Father Carlos. Um, so what radio station is this radio show on? Is it AM? Uh, is no, it's it actually, you can order your cassette tapes now for nine ninety nine, and we'll send you a complimentary toaster. Um, my my so, man. Yeah, but, but, but wait, there's more. Uh, you can go to exorcistfiles.tv, or you can listen on any pop. Wherever you listen to Godsplaining, we're also uh-huh. there. Wherever Godsplaining is, there we are also. This pleases me. So what I'm hearing is <laughs> I can listen to it on my Walkman from my cassette and toggle between AM and FM and find it on all those sites. You're so, so passive. What about your mini disc player? Oh, see, I got resistance. Even... Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. So the exorcist files, folks, you've heard it here. Uh, you'll hear it there. Uh, but Hey, we're super happy to have had you on the show. Thanks so much for joining. Hey, thanks for having me for again. And I, I, I hope we don't see each other for a third time because that would mean this didn't do well. So no, this is this is great. The only reason for which we recommended a potential second taping is we sensed the raw potential. Um, we sensed the raw power which could be unleashed at a second go. If if you only get one take, it means it was either really good or we've entirely despaired of your potential. So so round two <laughs> is in fact a sweet sweet affirmation. <laughs> and we're not live, right? You know. I, I, I... <laughs> Father Bonaventure really got, I was like, I was lied to by a Dominican and it's, uh, and it hurt and it hurt yeah. to cut deep, you know, well, yeah. when we say lie, <laughs> you were joked at by a Dominican. Uh, when father asked, when father Bonaventure speaks to you and you feel like you might be the subject of mild scorn, not mockery in the negative sense, but you know, just slight jocularity. And you ask the question, are you joking? or Are you serious? The answer is always yes. <laughs> All right. So with that, we're going to make the clubhouse turn, you know, head here down the home stretch and turning to you, the listener, say thanks as always for listening to God's Planning. Please follow us on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, Speaking of exorcism, like the episode, subscribe on YouTube or your podcast app and leave a five-star review. Uh, If you'd like to donate to the podcast through Patreon, you can follow the link in the show notes. We're super grateful for that. And uh, it's helpful in getting the word out and preventing us from working too terribly much between two, two and five in the morning. Um, there you will also find links to shop merchandise and to get information for upcoming God's Planning events. So some cool one day events coming up in Lincoln, Nebraska and Columbus, Ohio. And then we're going to announce our retreats for this upcoming summer here in short order. So you can find all that. All right. No of our prayers for you. Please pray for us. And we'll look forward to chatting with you next time on God's Planning. Boom.